Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on December the 4th, 2012. Newcomers, as always, help yourself to the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Lots of audios for download for free and transcripts for print up as well in English and all the sites you'll see listed on the com site. And if you go into Alan Watts Sentinel.eu, you'll find transcripts in other languages of the talks I've given. And what I do is go through the history of the system you're now living in with all of its massive changes because this is the century of change. And the century of change was an academic expression used for the last 50 years or so quietly and behind closed doors often between faculty members at the top, certain, certain agencies, and of course certain governmental agencies as well. Because this was a time for, for the big plan for the global society, uh, the, the proper society, the society that should be here, run by the proper people, experts at the top and all that, uh, was to come into being. And the public were to be trained incessantly through all kinds of means, through education, all kinds of propaganda, can, through all your movies, through all your dramas and television, you get the messages on, on PC updates, political correct updates. And it's working awfully, awfully well. If you look around you, people get the phrases, they catch the phrases and start using them and they speak them into reality and it changes their behavior accordingly. So I go through the history of the boys who set it up a long time ago and, uh, and they're all private organizations, mind you, but they do put their own members into your governments. And um, in fact, they run the governments and the bureaucracies too across the world and have done for a hundred years. But... Um, you're looking through the biggest changes to hit the planet for an awful long time to do with scientific training and indoctrination of the general public across the world. Standardization. So help yourself to all those audios and so on. And remember, too, you're the audience that bring me to you. You can keep me go by, go along by buying the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And you can donate as well, hopefully, in these austere times. And... Um, to do so, go into the website, cuttingthroughthematrix.com from the U.S. to Canada, remember, personal checks are still good, as are international postal money orders from the post office in the U.S. And you can also send cash or use PayPal across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal. And I say that hopefully will keep me ticking on a little bit longer, because... Um, Times are getting awfully tough, awfully, awfully tough as uh, we go through the big changes. And, of course, austerity is being promoted from the very top everywhere. Uh, and austerity really means bringing it down to poverty. But, again, too, it's not just poverty for all. It's poverty for some. It's along the Leninist uh, kind of line and Marxist line of every man according to his means, meaning his needs. So you're, you're, you're categorized as, your, as to your importance to the world states. The system, in other words, just like they do in Britain's National Health Service to revive you or not revive you if you have a cardiac arrest in a hospital. It depends on your, your, your importance to the state and how important you are or how unimportant you happen to be.
That's the kind of system they're bringing you up in. And everyone's being trained through school for generations now into it, and they step up their programming with each generation. And I don't mean by 70 years at a time. I'm talking about every three or four years, they step it up another notch, another notch, another notch, until those who are growing up are already completely conditioned into the global society, the greening programs and so on. Uh, the ones who are a bit sharper, sharper, I don't mean more intelligent, but sharper, um, that's a lot of innate cunningness, will catch on very quickly and they'll go into all these jobs that are offered them high up, managing all the rest of the, the people down below. And that's where their future lies because that is the future. It's already here. Uh, thousands of organizations are promoting it. There's unlimited financing behind all of this from across the planet and the big foundations because, you see, we're really run by private organizations that work together. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, talking about the big, big system we're in and how it's always pushing the same agenda to not just globalization, multiculturalism and standardization of a, a new culture still to come along the Soviet, the old ex-Soviet model. Uh, that's really how it's going to be. Political correctness and obedience from all the, the people down below and in the middle all masses of bureaucrats and government agencies running our lives and the fascist elite at the top that run all the corporations. And that's how it was set up to be. And, of course, most folk will accept their position in life because because that's how they've done it in the past. These have all been done in the past, these things in other countries, other times, and they know exactly what to tweak and what works and what, what doesn't work. So it's definitely on on the move now. Now, part of it, too, is to start making you pay and pay, just like a head tax, basically. You pay for existing Pay taxes for existing, for the privilege of existing, in fact, because eventually it'll be a privilege because they want to kill you all off, you know, at birth. And so if they allow you to exist, it's a privilege to exist. You're using up their resources, apparently. And if you're not a really good producer, then they'll mark it off with a little, little um, accountants and so on. They'll come up with a sum and put up a zero next to you, and that's it. You're ticked off. And uh, I'm not kidding about that because eugenics is a big, big thing. They've, they've exposed this in the plans put out by the military uh, for NATO and, and the British uh, um, military. I've given you the 90-odd day plans that came out a few, month, a few years ago and 90-page uh, reports about the future. It's going to boil down to a few city-states, even in America. And... Um, There'll be people uh, just dying off, basically. They don't say much about the people outside, you know, the primitive savages like Brave New World would have it. But they'll die off, supposedly. And these people, the proper people, will be allowed to live on into some glorious utopic future. So anyway, in the meantime, they want to tax the blazes out of you to continue with their plans until they get to that stage. Because we're building them all kinds of things now across the planet. And we're redistributing the wealth, too. The, again, the communist line they're using. And... Um, as a plank of the manifesto, redistribution of wealth, remember. And um, that's what charities used to be for. That's why they kicked out a lot of these charities, especially the religious ones. And now the government just takes your money uh, and doesn't ask you, do you mind giving this cash away to some other company across the world, some corporation? 
And we accept this now because it's been done gradually until it's become the normal. Your, your governments act like bankers themselves because they, they are go-betweens at least because they borrow from uh, the IMF, the World Bank and so on. And then uh, to give to other countries, but they put you down as collateral to pay it off just in case anything happens. And even when they write it off in third world countries, it's still down on the nation's debts. It's added to the nation's debt, so you all have to pay off anyway. Then their government happily gives them another loan and another loan. This has been going on my whole life. I've watched it my whole life, this nonsense. And it's been worked out, you see, because when they signed the United Nations Charter, that was part of the deal with every government setting up a branch under the United Nations and a representative in their governments to deal with the IMF and, and to get these loans to hand out across the world. Started off with the Bank for International Settlements and Reconstruction and then it came into the OECD and they've got another name for it now too but it's still on the go and it's a, it's a nice circle where your government borrows the cash from the big boys, the big private bankers and then gives it out as loans to other countries, then they write it off and just simply put, tack it down to your national debt. Anyway, the other thing too is to make you pay, 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 pay and bring you into, into austerity. And as I say, all the spending money that you have, extra spending money, is to go eventually to uh, beer essentials. Beer essentials. That's post-consumerism. That came from the United Nations itself, of course. And the Club of Rome is their main think tank to bring all of this in. And you have to study the Club of Rome. They put lots of articles out in books. They even came up with the idea of scaring the public into unifying the world with a a threat from out there somewhere. Then they hit on the idea of global warming, drought, famine, and so on. That that would fit the bill, they said. So they'll never let up on that once they've got consensus built. doesn't matter how crazy it sounds, even if it's all disproven, they carry on with it because they're all on board with consensus. And here's a, here's an example of consensus here. Extreme weather is the new normal. They're all using the term that I put out years ago. The new normal that the United Nations chief says. And it says that UN chief Ban Ki-moon, it says, it says extreme weather is the new normal and poses a threat to the human race. He said on Tuesday as he sought to revive deadlocked global climate change talks. I mean, they're kind of fading. People are losing interest and, uh, and they're just certainly not convinced, you see. Ban's intervention came as efforts to agree to a, a symbolic extension of the UN's Kyoto Protocol, a treaty that obliges about 35 developed nations to cut their greenhouse gas emissions until the end of 2012 looked to be faltering. It's an existential th- existence, a threat challenge, he says, for the whole human race. In a speech to almost 200 nations meeting in Doha to try to get a breakthrough, Ban said a thaw in Arctic ice to record lows this year, superstorms and rising sea levels were all signs of a crisis. Now, he didn't tell you that the other thing is, uh, in other parts of the Arctic, they've got record levels. Uh, you see, they're awful con men, and they've lied and lied and lied so many times. I've got articles on this very uh, topic here, in fact. That's, that's the most recent articles on it. And the sea levels aren't rising because when they do physical ones, not the computer models and that all project things, physical ones show that there's no rise in sea levels at all. Anyway, as I say, they're on consensus. It wouldn't matter if God himself came down and said that they'd have to nuke them. It says that normal is the new normal, he told delegates at November 26, December uh, talks. He said, uh, uh, this is the last time, you know, this, is, this was... Um, 
this is what he said the last time. Anyway, it says here, he had, he, had, he had signs of change were apparent everywhere from the United States to India, from the Ukraine to Brazil, and drought has decimated essential global crops. Well, drought comes every so often, and it's always been like that. And storms come every so often, and it's always been like that. And, of course, they pick on one, the one or two of the century as though it was a brand new occurrence. Anyway, he says, uh, Robert Stavins, director of Harvard University's Environmental Economics Program, said there was some hope that an accord could be struck in 2015 despite past setbacks. Because they're after, they're after a lot of millions and millions of dollars from all the countries. That's going to supposedly help. It's amazing how money is always a cure to every problem, isn't it? Um, and Bam said that Kyoto was a viable model, even though Russia, Japan and Canada are pulling out, leaving a group led by the European Union and Australia that could account for only 15% of the world's greenhouse gas emissions. Now, greenhouse gas, as, as they're talking about it, encompasses everything, including water vapor off the, off the sea and everything else, remember. Uh, the, the CO2 is a tiny, tiny gas that everything gives off, you know, and... Uh, uh, but this is the con they came up with for what I pay for the, for the right to breathe out, I suppose. Maybe you can breathe in, but you can't breathe out. And says the defectors say Kyoto is no longer relevant because emerging nations led by China and India will have no targets to curb their soaring emissions from 2013. And the United States, the second biggest emitter behind China, never ratified the Kyoto. Ban also said that rich nations should step up aid to help the poor cope with climate change after a $10 billion a year funding program promised for 2010-12 runs out, he says. That's really the money they're after. And he wants a hundred, uh, they want more than that. They want some, says world leaders, including President Barack Obama, set a separate goal of $100 billion in aid from 2020 uh, at a Copenhagen uh, uh, summit in 2009, but did not set goals for 2013 to 2019 because of the economic slowdown. But anyway, the fact is uh, money, 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 and it's nothing to do with what he's saying. It's not to help the poor either in, in, in countries that are, that are suffering uh, in their, their back-and-forth uh, seasons that they get in, in various parts of the world. It's to get into big corporations, to pay big corporations big, big money for a lot of windmills and stuff that last a few years, faulty pieces, and then the guys move on to some other government handout in the greening system. So I'll put this up tonight too, and I'm sure lots of folk have seen through it, the whole scam of it all. And in some of the top politicians who are all for it have actually said it's a scam. It doesn't matter if all, all the science is fake. It'll help, it'll help equalize and distribute wealth across the world. <laughs> now, this is a, a, a kind of interesting little uh, article here because some artists are quite comical in some ways what they do and so on. And you always get young people who, who will try things. It's always been the history to protest by street drawings, things like that. But this, this is a, a, an artist in New York who managed to use, uh, get into the computer system and put up his posters. And it's about, you, you'll see the posters of uh, a drone going over the people uh, and I guess in the States and dropping bombs on them just to get stimulate to talk about should the police have drones in the first place as they become militarized. Anyway, drone poster artist is arrested. NYPD does not find satire amusing, it says. And it says um, the, the guy who uh, 
who put it up, has been arrested. It says, Essam Atia, 29 years old, was hit with 56 counts of criminal possession of a forged instrument, grand larceny possession of stolen property and weapons possession after allegedly, allegedly having an unloading 22 caliber revolver under his bed at his Manhattan apartment when he was arrested early Wednesday. Authorities said Atia planted dozens of ads and display cases around the city between September the 14th and 16th. Many of them even used his artist's signature, SM. He even put that on it, silly guy, eh? Despite his efforts to remain anonymous or semi-anonymous, since he gave up putting uh, the posters and other evidence-led investigators in the Manhattan District Attorney's Office and the NYPD to identify the prankster as a local artist, the sources said. So he's out on bail. For two and a half thousand cash, but they're not bad posters actually. I'll put it up tonight and you can have a look. And, it's, and hopefully it did. Uh, I don't know if it would do it there in, NY, in, in New York, but it would, it, would, it would start the discourses going elsewhere, I think, if you tried the same kind of thing. Now, tonight uh, starts a NORAD exercise, a big one apparently, and um, it's to do with an exercise planned at the North American Airspace Defense Command. And its geographical components is having an exercise tonight. Back with more on this one after this break. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt, talking about this NORAD exercises on right now. And it says the Department of Defense announced today that the North American Aerospace Defense Command will conduct an air defense exercise called Exercise Falcon Virgo in about uh, midnight and 2 a.m. beginning December the 4th, 2012, and concluded early Thursday, it says, be held somewhere over the national capital region. And it says uh, North American Aerospace Defense Command, uh, it says uh, it's a joint organization of Canada and the U.S., uh, it says that uh, are taking part in it. Headquarters NORAD and the NORAD US NORTHCOM Command Center located at Peterson Air Force Base in El Paso County near Colorado Springs, Colorado. The nearby Cheyenne Mountain nuclear bunker has the alternate command center, it says. And this exercise is comprised of a series of training flights held in coordination with the Federal Aviation Administration, National Capital Region Coordination Center, Joint Air Defense Operations Center, Civil Air Patrol, U.S. Coast Guard, and Connors, Eastern and Western Air Defense Sectors. So the Falcon Virgo exercise is designed to hone NORAD's intercept and identification operations as well as to operationally test the NCR visual warning system and to certify newly assigned command and control personnel at the GADOC. As I like all their names, JADOC, eh? participating in the exercise will be Civil Air Patrol Aircraft, Air Force F-16 fighters, and a U.S. Coast Guard MH-65 Dolphin helicopter. In the event of an inclement weather, the exercise will take place the following evening. If bad weather continues, officials will then make a decision to postpone or cancel the exercise, it says right there. So there's two sites on that. One's from the government itself and one's from the examiner. I'll put them both up at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And this article here, too, is, uh, again, it's from CNN. And there's a lot going on, of course, uh, over in, in places like Turkey, etc., to do with uh, Syria. And we know that they've been having world meetings, all the big boys, about how to take down Syria and get it all over and done with. 
And um, it says NATO okays patriots and delivers warning. Don't even think about attacking Turkey. Now, now Syria's got enough on their plate without thinking of attacking Turkey, as they all well know, of course. And it says that... Um, Foreign ministers have approved Turkey's request for Patriot missiles to defend its borders, a statement of solidarity with its fellow alliance members. Today, NATO agreed to, to augment Turkey's air defense by deploying Patriot missiles to Turkey, and Turkey's asked for NATO support. We're going to stand with Turkey in the spirit of strong solidarity, said NATO's General, uh, General Secretary, or Secretary General Anders Fogh Rasmussen. Rasmussen eh? It says to Turkish people, we say we are determined to defend you and your territory. To anyone who would want to attack Turkey, we say don't even think about it. The move is in response to the spilling over of the Syrian civil war. It's not a civil war, it's an invasion from outside forces. Into Turkey, where errant Syrian artillery shells struck the border town of uh, Akakal and killed five Turkish civilians in October. They asked NATO to deploy uh, Patriot missiles along the border to bolster its air defences against Syrian threats. The U.S., Germany and Netherlands, which have all Patriot capabilities, have signaled they would be willing to contribute missiles. And Rasmussen believes the actual deployment will take place within weeks. And it says, we welcome the intention of Germany, the Netherlands and the U.S. to provide the missiles subject to the respective national procedures. These systems will be under the operational command of the Supreme Allied Commander of Europe. Any deployment will be defensive only. Did you know the Supreme Allied Commander of Europe? It will no way support a no-fly zone or any offensive operations, Rasmussen says, and so on and so on. But anyway, they're, they're gearing up for it. They actually mentions in this article, too, they've got to sneak it into a lot of different articles now to get the public. Who are, who are losing interest. public don't hold interest in things for very long. And and the, since they want to invade there eventually, uh, if they can't get this thing moving and get Syria over and done with and standardised like all the other countries have taken out, then, then um, they come up with the chemical weapons ploy again, no weapons of mass destruction. So the decision was made as newly surfaced, uh, as news surfaced, and this is now where the news comes from or anything else, about fears of Bashar al-Assad's government using chemical weapons. He might use it, you know, see? Rasmussen echoed war, warnings from previous President Barack Obama, the Syrian government may be toying with, may be toying with the idea of using chemical weapons to crush the 21-month rebellion, which is actually a siege. It says that the Syrian stockpiles of chemical weapons are a matter of great concern. So, so he may be thinking of doing this, and now the second part says that they've obviously got them because the stockpiles of chemical weapons are a matter of great concern. See how they do it, you see? This is how it started, remember, with Iraq. Weapons of mass destruction, weapons of mass destruction. doesn't matter what they use at the time, because they always get away with it. It lasts until they conquer their enemy. It doesn't matter what comes out afterwards. That the public just yawn and go on to the next thing. Now, Argentina says Repsol files YPF nationalization complaints. It's interesting, this little article, because it's to do with uh, another world court they didn't know existed. It says the Spanish oil company Repsol, which had its assets in Argentina seized April, has taken its case to the World Bank's arbitration body in Washington. It's a court. The World Bank's now got a court, for those who didn't know it. The Argentine government nationalized Repsol subsidiary, YPF, accusing the company of underinvesting in oil production. And Repsol rejected the allegations and described the action as expropriation. Spanish companies requesting compensation for its losses. It also wants the World Bank's International Center for Settlement of Investment Disputes to rule YPF's nationalization illegal. The Spanish company said it filed a complaint after waiting for more than six months for a solution. 
before the Argentine government's move, Repsol had 57.4% of YPF's shares. So anyway, now you've got a court to do with the World Bank, for those who didn't get it, as well as a, a, we've got a World Criminal Court now too, where you, where you go there if you can't, if you see certain things, you know, thought crimes and speech crimes. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, going through the Matrix here. And here's an article too about how some countries are dealing with uh, anti-social types that live amongst populated neighborhoods and cause their neighbors problems. And it says Amsterdam residents with a record of harassing their neighbors will be exiled, the city's mayor announced. After being forced out, they will live under police supervision in special container housing units with only basic amenities. And it shows you these, these, these uh, containers that they use on the railroad tracks and, and, and trucks. That's a big stack to get, get all, all tall and happy and high and all that. It says, authorities in the Dutch capital have formed a task force to identify the worst offenders behind the 13,000 complaints of antisocial behavior the city receives annually. That's just one city, Amsterdam. And it says, um, those charged who defy a compulsory six-month course in the council face eviction and homelessness. Amsterdam Mayor Eberhard van der Laan has allocated an estimated 1.3 million euro to the project, which he argued will protect law-abiding residents from being forced to move by unruly neighbors. And it says, the camp dwellers were supposed to be motivated to change their behavior after the return to the city, authorities said. It says, the aim is not to reward people who behave badly with a new five-room home with a south-facing garden. This is supposed to be a deterrent, the mayoral spokesman said. Some have dubbed the camps uh, uh, Zugendorpen, scum villages, over their similarity to the rhetoric of right-wing anti-immigration politician Geert Wilders, leader of the Party for Freedom. Last year, Wilders said that repeat offenders should be forcibly removed from their neighborhood and sent to, to a village for scum. The controversial proposal sparked widespread debate with the term becoming Netherlands war, word of the year, as a, the word of the year, in a poll conducted by Van Dale. The new policy will come into effect January. There are several small-scale trial projects of a similar nature already underway in the Netherlands, including a location near Amsterdam where 10 shipping container homes have been set up for persistent offenders. The world has an extensive record of communities evicting those seen as misfits. Misfits, also, and it goes into Jewish ghettos in, in, in Europe. It says in Bantu stands for blacks in apartheid South Africa and the Soviet Union's unofficial rule of 101 kilometers, which banned criminals, dissidents, and work dodgers from living closer than 100 kilometers from large cities. The Netherlands is no exception. Troublemakers in the 19th century were exiled to live in special villages in Drenthe and Oversigia outside Amsterdam. So it's a controversial policy will come into effect in January, and there are several small-scale trial projects going on the way already. And then they just repeat the same thing over and over again. But the fact is, I don't know if you've ever lived in a city where you get these unruly types that party all day, party all night, and yell and scream and all the rest of it, and you're supposed to swap, just put up with it. Well, of course you don't, and people shouldn't have to put up with that nonsense anyway. And... Another article I'll pull up tonight too is called Powering Up Asia's Supergrid. 
And it says, uh, the integration of East Asia is a topic of perennial interest, whether it be monetary integration, much discussed in the wake of the 1997 financial crisis, trade integration, promotion, via ever-expanding FTA areas, or even political integration. But what is not well discussed as yet is actually the best hope for effective integration. That's the, early, the energy integration via the Asian supergrid linking the enhanced electric power systems of China, Japan, Korea, Mongolia, and perhaps Russia. Such an Asian supergrid has been proposed by the charismatic SoftBank CEO Sun Masayoshi, driver of Japan's post-Fukushima shift to a renewable energy pathway. The first steps towards the Asian supergrid were taken in October when SB Renewables Sun's new subsidiary specializing in renewable energy announced an agreement with a company in Mongolia, Newcom, to develop a site in the Gobi Desert for a giant wind farm. So across the world, they're getting all into it. The same thing, massive grants. I mean, you can't lose with these grants, even if you go bankrupt, because obviously all the cash doesn't go down the, the drain from the company. It goes into your pockets. And this guy's living, going from one grant to, the, to, the, to another, just changing their company name. Anyway, this is their big, big ideas, you see. This is the age of big ideas. It's got to be big, global, you see. So they want world grids and, and area grids that all connect together into the world grid. And I'll put this up tonight as well. And these things are all on the go. I mean, they're all starting them all off. And whether they really even get finished, who knows? It won't matter, because they'll all have made a stinking profit off it. Also, I've mentioned how, uh, you know, even the Federal Reserve Chairman talked about gross well wellness, you know, rather than uh, GDP, talked about uh, gross uh, wellness and you know, ha- happiness and wellness. And this is a big thing that's taken off because it was designed to take off, of course, from the top down as they get us used to austerity. And they keep putting out little blurbs in all the newspapers, mainstream papers, and little countries you've never heard of most folk. Um, and they get a smiling picture PR shot with a few people there, natives. And they've always got signs behind them in English, strangely enough, and with the four points or the six points or whatever it is of gross well-being, you see. Just for PR, just to get you used to, this is how you get used to ideas, you see. You see them and you don't think much of them, it goes into your subconscious and prepares you for the next one, the next one. And then when your government says you've got to go in this way, you go along with it. They've already got going big time in Britain with agencies that are now getting paid big bucks to go around people's doors and do these summaries with them and do little visits. How are we today, Mr. Mr. So-and-so? And, uh, gross well happiness and all that stuff. Anyway, gross national happiness in Bhutan, the big idea from a tiny state that could change the world. What rubbish. What rubbish, eh? And it says, uh, the principles of Bhutan's gross national happiness system are spelled out for pupils at secondary school in Paro, a largely agricultural region, it says. A series of hand-painted signs dot the side of the winding mountain roads that run between the airport and Bhutanese capital, Timpu. It says, instead of commands to cut speed or check mirrors, they offer the traveler a series of life-affirming mantras, like, life is a journey. Complete it, it says. And another one says, let nature be your guide. Aha. Another standing on the edge of a perilous curve simply says, inconvenience regretted. But they won't have pay your carbon taxes or else. I'll guarantee you that. Anyway, I'll put that up tonight too. And just to show you how the, the, the big money is spent across the world just to indoctrinate everyone, including us back home. There's also this article too. It was in The Guardian about Bradley Manning. It's a tale of liberty lost in America. 
and it says, it says, uh, over the past two and a half years, all of which he spent in a military prison, much has been said about Bradley Manning, but nothing has been heard from him. Uh, the, that changed on Thursday when the 23-year-old U.S. Army private accused of leaking classified documents to WikiLeaks testified at his court-martial proceedings about the conditions of his detention. The oppressive borderline torturous measures to which he was subjected included prolonged solitary confinement and forced nudity have been known for some time. A formal UN investigation denounced these conditions as cruel and inhumane. But mind you, the UN doesn't mind them using torture across the world for terrorism. President Obama's State's uh, Department's spokesman, retired Air Force Colonel P.J. Crowley, resigned after publicly condemning Manning's treatment. A prison psychologist testified this week that Manning's condition was more damaging than those found on death row or at Guantanamo Bay. And that's a message to everybody else. You see, this is what this is about. Even this being published, it's a message to everyone else. This is not going to happen to you if you blow the whistle. Uh, or if you think you've got any moral conscience at all. Still hearing the accused whistleblower's description of this abuse in his own words visually conveyed its horror. Reporting from the hearing, the Guardian's uh, Ed Pilkington quoted Manning saying, If I needed toilet paper, I would stand to attention and shout, DTE Manning re- requires uh, toilet paper, it says. And I was authorized to have 20 minutes sunshine in chains every 24 hours. Early in his detention, Manning recalled I'd pretty much given up. I thought I was going to die in this 8 by 8 animal cage. That's the size of his cell, 8 by 8 The oppressive treatment by Bradley Manning is one of the disgraceful, the disgraces of Obama's first term and highlights many of the dynamics shaping his presidency. The president has not only defended Manning's treatment, but also as commander-in-chief of the court-martial judges and properly decreed Manning's guilt when he asserted in his interview that he broke the law. And you, you can't do it. See, I understand this, this is, this, you're in Orwell's 84 as you go into Brave New World. They're both working side by side right now. And that's what it reminds me of is, is, is this guy Manning is, is getting the full force of the treatment you get as Winston did in, 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 in 1984. Uh, you're, you're getting to find out what's really, the system's really, really all about. So you don't really have the right to speak up even as a whistleblower because everything will get turned against you regardless. And in other words, you just can't win. So I'll put this up tonight as well. And as we go into this new system designed to destroy all that was, to bring in the new, remember, that's what they say at the top. It's, it's like Theodore Adorno that, that was set up in an organization that came from Germany and it moved into the U.S. and Britain, actually. And they were, they were given the task after World War II of redesigning the culture of the Western world, but especially America, where they said that, uh, that, that there, was a, there could be a resurgence in America of uh, a Nazi kind of fascism. And so they were given uh, leeway and orders, actually, by the government, U.S. government, to design a new culture for America. They went into schooling through everything, education. They they listed all the things that made a a culture great and powerful, like having strong family, strong community, strong, strong people, strong culture and nation. And they decided they had to destroy all of it to make it safe for certain others. And uh, and it's on the go still today. He said that they would do all of it. All had to be utterly destroyed, including the culture right down to to not not just pedophilia and so on, but down to literally having things off with dead bodies. He actually said. Anyway, here's still on the go. Brighton Council in England. This is may ban Mister and Missus now. You see. 
It says the Brighton councils think of banning the use of Mr. and Mrs. in official documents, all in the name of equality. Now, who's kidding who? This has nothing to do with equality. It says the proposal has been suggested following a council survey into the lives of transsexual residents. But Tony Councillor Don Barrett says it's completely ludicrous and shows a complete lack of respect. Well, of course it does, but everything they do to you shows a complete lack of respect. So destroying your culture. He says, how are they going to address letters properly? He said, that's how he thinks about it. This is just political correctness gone too far. Anyway, the idea is backed by deputy leader of the council, Philip McCaffrey, who thinks it's useful, useless to, to, to call people Mr. or Mrs. Clear McCaffrey says trans people aren't necessarily male or female, and sometimes they don't want to be defined by their gender. Well, tough for them. I mean, why should everyone have to alter everything that makes you strong as a culture to, to keep a few people who have other problems uh, quite happy? And you understand there's a good reason for it, because the reason is to destroy your culture. It's quite simple. That's why they create these organizations, and that's why they fund them, and they promote them to the top. Otherwise, you'd never hear of it. It's that simple. It's that simple, folks. Also tonight, I put up an article by this Council on Foreign Relations, and because they're always having these little talks at their places with with uh, uh, CEOs coming in, and it's called The Case for U.S. Multinationals. I don't think it will touch, mind you, on the fact that a lot of them, even though they're making massive profits abroad, are also getting getting handouts from the U.S. taxpayer all the time, corporate welfare. But anyway, that the Chevron CEO giving a talk, and I'll put that up tonight as well. And then I'll go to the callers now. There's uh, Mike from Pennsylvania on the line. Are there, Mike? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I just uh, wanted to say uh, about Alan Watts, not negative. He, he's just realistic, and and I think the show is for people who are grown up, not not overgrown boys and girls. Um, and I just wanted to try to build a bridge here. Um, I just wanted to say to the callers to to email to the Infowars and Alex Jones show and ask that Alan be put back on the show because um, he hasn't been put on since April and. I think he should be on the show, and I'm being called to the show to try to get on. I appreciate that um, because I think his his callers would be very interested to know in some of the things that you talk about. For example, you were on the best of Alex Jones tape in 2009. You were on early 2009. This was when I first started to hear about Alan Watts, and you talked about a lot of the same subjects. But you also said once they finished setting up world governments between 2010 and 2012, right after that, and we're almost ending 2012 here, you said that the plagues would be coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's time for all these things to come out. And um, we've well, got them already. As I say, the birds are all dying off. It's not just the birds, all the smaller animals are dying off as well, even with the spray that's coming down with all the chemtrails that's dozed overhead every day. The governments know it because they report it on their own websites. And I read an article last night to do with not just massive death of birds, but also government involvement. The the Department of Agriculture has poisoned millions every year of songbirds and various other birds. The, The whole last night's show partly was devoted to that from their own websites. So they're killing all. By the way, we've got plagues up here of uh, deer fly. It never happened before. 
And that's going, been increasing along with all the birds that, that are dying off that used to kill them, used to eat them. And now it's, it's, it's just it's like a plague on the humans now if you go in the forest at all or even near the forest. Even the fishermen have articles in the government Ontario Hunting Association site that the fishermen are getting chased out of the forest and even off the lakes with the swarms and swarms of deer fly that used to come one at a time, not like squadrons. And, and so we're, we're seeing the beginnings of all of this happening too. As of course, they, they release lots of different bugs which are genetically modified, by the way. I've read the articles on the air from the drone sites and the government, uh, supposedly to eat the aphids on crops. But they always release them after the crops are in, so why are they releasing them at all? So we're living in a, a, an age where science is in control uh, and academia at the top, a brave new world scenario, and uh, they can make everything happen, everything happen that they claimed is in the book Revelation, of course. And they can do it all scientifically today. They can cause earthquakes, plagues, famine, at war. They're at war all the time now. And uh, there's nothing they can't do by science alone today. So they're like gods. And they're going ahead just like gods. But the average person doesn't have a clue. They haven't a clue uh, that if I just sat 24 hours a day for, for five years daily, going through all the organizations, the multi-thousands into the millions of organizations are all working towards this global agenda, I still couldn't get it all done. That's what you're facing. It's already done. Yeah, because yeah, you had mentioned about the, the, the model they use for the Middle Ages where, where monks would do uh, counts of the dead from the plague. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought you were referring to some more of a bigger event where there's mass calls with big plagues maybe coming next year. Mm-hmm. No, not not mass kill. I'd never get predictions about mass kills just coming just like that or next year. I never do these, these jokes because I, I see all these people who do that as jokers or, or they're selling a book or something. But uh, no, I never do that. Uh, one, you, you will get them. Uh, the boys at the top have every kind of disease under the sun. You can't even imagine the modified everything. Canada leads the world in bacterial and viral warfare and has done since World War II. And uh, I've even mentioned the different books that have been put out by declassified information on this very topic. And we live in a very scary world with these guys in charge of it because they do want to wipe us out. But, but uh, thanks for coming back after this break. Hi, folks. I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix, and uh, I'll go to this one. It's Angus. It says, I don't know if it's a genuine, but it's from America. <laughs> Angus, are you there? Well, I am. Uh, uh, as disappointed as I am to hear everything I said. From America to uh, Liverpool to uh, uh, Los Angeles to Kentucky, so excuse me. But we were just looking at JFK and seeing the 11th month and the 27th day, 22nd day, which adds up to 33. That's right in front of our faces, okay? Can you tell me about that? About the, the, about the, the number 33? Well, Dealey Plaza was the first uh, Masonic temple in, in Dallas. Yeah, I know that, and it was just be a, a actually it was a, a there was a, actually a tri waterway there in even older times, in fact, and uh, and of course the third, third par- parallel uh, degree, and also that you also find the the courthouse there is right at the bottom of that that triune part two, top of the courthouse you have the 
You still have the, the little dragons there, these little serpents. To the left of the courthouse, you've got a pyramid top when you, when you look at it. Uh, so it's, oh, it's highly, completely highly symbolic, no doubt about it, yeah. But let's just talk about the fact. I mean, secret societies, okay? What is that? Don't be a sucker. The, the, the movie that is out there that just wants to show from World War II right after 1947 about uh, they don't want the, the Jews talking to the Masonics, you know, and how they need to stick together. But I don't buy all the Jewish stuff. I don't go for that. No, I mean, in fact, the high, the high lodge, one of the, the highest lodges is in, is in Israel, and uh, they send their top uh, masons from Canada and the States over to, they'll make journeys to the Grand Lodge in Israel. And what's interesting, too, if you look at your Maryland, Maryland, the, the new IRS office there, they've got a pyramid outside the doors and, and the little uh, plaza part of it. And I've got the, the two pillars next to it. And also, it's identical to the one they've got in Israel. Identical to Why is that? Why is that? You know, the, the whole system of brotherhoods is ancient. And one of my books, in fact, I put through the so-called great temples they had in ancient times, even the one in, in Judea. And I show you the ones in Greece and elsewhere, which were identical, really, and even older, some of them. And uh, it was the same brotherhood back then in the very high levels of things, I think, that you have today, too. Uh, and uh, there could be a separate group altogether who are breeding in with themselves above all of this, actually, and running all sides of all of this. But it's very, very old. There's no doubt about that. But thanks for calling. From Hamish Marcel, Frontier, Canada, it's good night to me, your God, or your God's go with you.